Welcome back to the H2P Podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I am your host, Chris Carter, and we are continuing to roll things down. It is post-draft season here in the football world. We're back to our normal schedule of H2P Podcasts. Thursday will be our football day. Sundays will be our basketball day. Now, I kind of took a pause with the NFL draft because that's all about football. Um, you know, all that, you know, all that, how that plays out, but... I wanted to, now that we've had more time to sort of settle in with the draft, because when I recorded, what was it, Saturday, I recorded Sunday show Saturday evening after the draft was over. That was Chris Carter out of gas and trying to get through the show. <laughs> like, that was, and that's the thing, I hope you guys understand, like, when you hear me and I'm being enthusiastic, there are some times when I'm just like, all right, keep it together, just a little couple more minutes, push, Carter, push, and that's kind of what we're, we're doing sometimes, um, but you know, in all my time talking about it, because I know that there's some people out there that are like, man, that was disappointing for Pitt because, you know, a lot of their guys didn't get picked till later. They only had six. They didn't have seven. I remember I sent like a number at six and a half as the over under mark. So people were feeling down about that. But I, I got to remind people that was still a heck of a draft class for Pitt. They still got a ton of guys in that are going to NFL teams through the draft. And then you got four more guys who were signed immediately as undrafted free agents. So I, you know, I'm looking at, at, at this class and I still think it's a victory for Pitt. I still think people are, can look at this as a building block for the, for the program and something that uh, Pat Narduzzi can use moving forward. And one thing to, rem- to remember, excuse me. One thing to remember is that through all of this, Pitt had the most uh, most uh, drafted players of any team in the ACC, barring Notre Dame, because they're not really ACC. They just jumped on this year to be part of, you know, to be able to play. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to play a lot of games. But, you know, the, the other programs, Clemson, North Carolina, they only got five. Pitt had six. And if a couple things had rolled their way, they might have been able to get seven. And that's to be commended. And again, I think a lot of people are going to see, you know, when uh, when you when you see the stories. First of all, if you ain't seen the video of Jalen Twyman breaking down and crying as he was so happy to get the phone call from the Minnesota Vikings when he was drafted in the sixth round, when this guy was being projected as a clear first round guy this time last year, man, go watch it. I posted it on a. Um, on my talking points article that I wrote earlier this week for DKPittsburghSports.com about how I think he could be this year's sixth round steal. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady or Antonio Brown, but I think that he's going to be a valuable player in this league. And people are going to say, man, okay, maybe he was worth more of like a third or a fourth round pick than a sixth round pick. But, you know, the stress that these guys were going through, I talked about that on Sunday about the show, is the stress that they were going through. But, now that the stress is over for for these guys, let's talk about the victory of this. Because one thing that you can say 
is that even though they had to wait a while to hear their name called, they still got their name called. They st- they're still going somewhere, getting a jersey. They get a chance to, to 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 take the next step and get to the next level, and they and a lot of them got teammates to work with, not just uh, not just teammates that they you know, they got drafted together, you know, with uh, um, you know Patrick Jones and Jalen Twyman both being drafted by the Vikings. They're both joining Brian O'Neill, a former second round offensive tackle, who was picked up by the Vikings back in 2018. He was part of that. Uh, really impressive group that was, you know, trying to reshape the, the, you know, the Panthers' offensive line, you know, back when Kenny Pickett was younger and just getting started. That's um, I think there's a lot to be said about how this is happening. You know, Demar Hamlin, he's going to the Bills. He's got Dane Jackson over there to work with. They know who each other are, and I really think that there's a good chance that, you know that stuff that helps you ease into a situation. You have an inside voice in the locker room who can help you figure out things when you're confused or if you have any questions or simply just be like, Hey, I need someone to, to kind of be around that. I know I can trust. And I think it's, it's looking really good for Pitt. I think they have 18 current players in the NFL. That's significant. That's people looking around and saying, okay, Pitt's, Pitt's got people in there. Yeah, it's not Alabama. It's not Clemson. But those are the things that Pitt needs to sell on the road when they're going door-to-door and they're talking to people. And they're saying, hey, you know, this is why you should be a Pitt Panther. And that's how you get more of the guys. Even... Um, you know, and, and, you know, using that in recruiting as well, like coach, uh, coach Brennan Marion tweeted out a picture of Aaron Donald working with uh newly recruited freshman Nakai Johnson. And he's like, where else in the world are you going to get the best defensive lineman in football training with you and teaching you on his spare time? Now, granted, <laughs> that's obviously your question because you know, no one else has Aaron Donald on their team and he just happens to be a pit grad. I'm sure that when Ben... Uh, when when Aaron Donald retires, there's going to be a you know a new defensive lineman or something that, that, that takes over the league. But you know right now that, that's one thing that Pitt has on the side. I mean even Paris Ford, he's an undrafted free agent for the Rams. He, he's got Aaron Donald around, and they're both Western PA guys. And not that that automatically protects him or gets him some sort of extra boost that you know that he'll definitely make the team. Like, he's still going to have to prove himself. He's still going to have to go in there and fight every week, every practice. But it does give you an ally in the room. You know, Jimmy Morrissey and DJ Turner, they're going to the Raiders. And I think that that, that kind of exampled camaraderie in the league that's that's gonna help when you're when you're when you're pitching to people and ultimately remember we're talking about when they're winning these battles and they gotta win these battles and you know they want some you're getting the Kai Johnson that was a big deal being able to 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 have a top 25 recruiting class as ranked by ESPN that turns heads you know when Naquan Brown a guy who committed to LSU turned around and said no I'm going to pit that makes a difference. 
and I and, and these are the recruiting battles that they got to win. They got to be able to get these guys so that they can compete and consistently beat the Boston Colleges, the Syracuses, the North Carolina States, the teams that they've been struggling with. And then eventually beat when you when you have the good year and they might be have a down year or when they have a good year and you're just be, still better than them, you still beat the Miamis. They weren't going to take Notre Dame this year, but maybe soon because Notre Dame just they just sent nine players into the NFL draft. Maybe they can beat them next year. Those type of you know and, and imagine if if Pitt had a season like that where they were able to put that together. Like if they had had that season just this past year, everyone's talking about Pitt. Paris Ford probably doesn't opt out. We'll talk about that in a second. But you probably finished this year with maybe, you know, losses to Notre Dame and Clemson. And then all of a sudden, instead of six and five, you're talking nine and two and everyone's excited about what you did this past year. And they probably get invited to a good bowl game and take that invitation instead of turning down the insight bowl or whatever the random bowl is this year. But I want to talk about the opt-outs because I think that did impact things a lot more than people anticipated. At least when I say anticipated, I mean months ago. Of course, we're talking about Paris Ford and Jalen Twyman. We'll get to them in just a minute right after this break. here on the h2p podcast i'm your host chris carter on dk sports radio breaking things down all things pit football on this fine thursday evening um continuing our wrap-up of just nfl draft stuff here i want to explore for just a segment the impact of these opt-outs now jalen twyman took the road of like a michael parsons where he opted out before the season even began. And Micah Parsons still was a the 12th pick, overall pick of the draft. Jalen Twyman was a 6th round pick. But I, I do think that there was a major disconnect from NFL teams where it's like, you know what? We want to bank on guys we know are healthy right now. Because these players have been out of touch with their organizations, without trainers that we can talk to or coaches that we can talk to, and we don't know who these guys are. Unless they show up at their pro day and blow everything up. Now Jalen Twyman did launch the you know you know the, the bench press event. He forty reps is ridiculous. He's he's ridiculously strong in his upper body. And we knew that. But as I noted when it happened, his uh, all his agility drills, his broad jump, his vertical jump, his shuttle, his three cone, all of those things were not good. And they ranked toward the bottom of the class as far as defensive linemen went. 
That's and I think that that's where Micah Parsons he excelled in everything he did in his pro day. Now, does that mean that Jalen Twyman's doomed to not perform well? I don't think so. That's why, again, I wrote that he was going to be a six-round steal for the Vikings. Maybe the best six-round steal of his draft. Even though Steelers fans want that to be Quincy Roche. But I really look at this, and I think that, you know, a lot of teams, they're just being extra cautious about the opt-outs. And if you didn't slam it at your pro day, then they were going to be cautious about you. Because, again, Jalen Twyman was an All-American in 2019. And granted, you could say that, well, some of his sacks weren't, you know, pure, all, all about him. He still was a dominant force in the middle of the defensive line. And when he opted out of the season, everyone was like, oh, crap, that's not good. And I still think you put him on that team, they probably win those two games that they lost by a point. And I also think that he gets to continue refining his his work and people see him refining his work. And even if he still had the, those bad pro day times on his agility drills and his lower body stats, I think I think NFL scouts might be like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll overlook that because the production's certainly there. And maybe not first round, but thir- right around where I still projected him, third or fourth round. But I think that that disconnect of not seeing him play really hurt him. And we all know it especially hurt Paris Ford. But Paris Ford, I think, unfortunately, didn't you know he he his decision on where when he t- decided to do it. I think that's what hurt him the most. On top of having a bad pro day, if if Paris Ford came and ran in the four sixes, that would have been fine. But he ran in the four eights. That's a nightmare for a safety. Honestly, it's a nightmare for a linebacker. You don't want to run like that. So everyone sees that, and he opted out in the middle of the season. And it would be different if he had done it like Rashad Weaver, you know, opt, who opted out um, uh, who opted out at, before the last game of the season with complications, you know, right after a big win. But he opted out at the end of a four-game win streak after they had just been blown out at home, embarrassingly. It was just rough. And then you combine that with your uh, with your bad pro day times. That's just he 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 doomed himself with that. And I can tell you, uh, you know, listening to some of these coaches when they talk about they they still think old school. You know, Keith Butler talked about how he hates the transfer portal when we were we were asking him questions um, on the third day of the draft. And I get the impression he's not a fan of the opting out, not just because of, you know, not being able to see tape, but it might also be a factor. It's like, you know what, we, we want to see the guys that, that stuck through it and wanted to play for their team because that means that they're they're more, they're closer to the guy that, that you think that they can produce for you right away. I think that that does play a calculation. Now, again, Paris Ford had every right to, to, to opt out when he wanted to. And people called him a quitter. People called him this. People called him that. I can tell you, I was at the Boston College game in Alumni Stadium. I think that's what it was called. I was at that stadium, and when Alex Kessman missed the extra point and Pitt lost in, in overtime, 
The last person on the field was Paris Ford as he just stood there in disbelief that that had happened. The guy's passionate. The guy does want to ball. But I do think there was, and I mentioned disconnect between coaches and players who have opted out. I think there was a bit of a disconnect with Paris Ford with what was going on last year. And it's funny that this is something that Jeff Capel talked about. Was talking about how like people should give these the, the, the kids who are performing during this pandemic a, a, a little bit of grace. Because this stuff is hard. This stuff is difficult. And I think he's absolutely right. And when you're talking about that difficulty, sometimes you're not going to make your best decisions during those moments. And more praise to the people who do make their best decisions, the people who do who did who did find a way to make, to fight through it. You know, Jimmy Morrissey continues to be the guy that went from the walk on to the team captain to the four year starter. Now he's a, now he's a sixth round draft pick by the Raiders. And he took every opportunity he could. You know, the last minute call to go to the to the Senior Bowl. You know, showing up there, having to test for COVID, waiting three hours. Like, you know, so, some some people did that. But that doesn't mean that we should, I think, attack the people who weren't able to figure it out. Instead, it's more like a, hey, you know, just if you're a Pitt fan, root for the guy to, to, to figure it out. And when I say root for the guy, I'm talking about Paris Ford, too. Because, I mean, that guy, he does have a nose for the football. He does understand the game. He just needs to put it all together. And maybe as an undrafted guy, maybe that'll speak to him and he'll figure it out. But it's clear to me that opting out, the message was sent by the NFL, don't do that no more to the people who did it. Now, some people, of course, naturally had to do it. Like, you know, Trey Lance couldn't play. There was no North Dakota State football. But to the guys who did opt out, unless you were Michael Parsons and a freakish athlete in your pro day, you wasn't getting no love. And I think that's the big thing to remember here is that this is the stuff that if this not that hopefully we never have to deal with this again, right? Hopefully there's never an opt. But if there's ever a situation where opting out becomes a thing, or you know a player has a chance to 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 leave his team his program early to get ready for the pros, maybe don't do that. And maybe that's the message that comes of this situation. But either way, it's ten pit Panthers you get to watch this year. And we'll see which one, which how many of them are able to turn things around, go from being underdogs to uh, to being fan favorites. I think Jimmy Morrissey might do that in Oakland. Oakland, Las Vegas. Geez, I'm the one who's old and disconnected. <laughs> but I think they 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 they're all in. I think several of them are really good, uh, good really good positions to make a difference. We'll see who steps up. That's all we have for you for here today on the H2P podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in your ears with the H2P podcast on Sunday, catching up on what's been happening with Pitt basketball. Uh, recruiting is still out there. The, the the transfer portal is still blowing up. We'll talk. We'll catch you up on that then. And of course, what's going on with Efton Reed, the guy that everyone's been waiting to hear when he's committing to Pitt. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate DK Sports Radio five stars with a positive comment. Doing so both at the same time really helps us out. I'll be back in a year soon here on DK Sports Radio.